oftentimes people ask me, do you want to cut feature films? And I always say that if I did cut a feature film, I would cut it to two and a half minutes. Welcome to The Cutdown, a podcast all about the art of trailer editing. This is episode number one. I'm Derek Liu. And I'm Rick Thomas. This is a podcast that aims to kind of go behind the scenes of traders. There's a lot of stuff out there where they talk about trailers, but usually what they're talking about is what's in the trailer, what the shots are, what the new Marvel film looks like. But they're not really talking about things like how the trailer was edited. They're not talking about the the hits and the rises and the whole geeky, nitty gritty stuff about it. It's very easy to look through a trailer and and see what you think the film is going to be. And it's... uh less easy to look at it and go, oh, hold on, this is constructed as a piece of marketing and and how have they done that and how successful is it? And I think we're also going to talk about, maybe we'll do some trailer reviews. Each week we'll talk about some new trailers that came out that week and our impressions about it, how we think they were edited and whether we like them or not. And maybe in the future, some interviews, hopefully. I have no bunch of trailer editors. Yeah, and also composers and everyone basically involved behind the scenes. There are lots of people who go to making up trailers. It's not just editors. Sometimes the editors get a lot of the credit, but there are uh, copywriters and motion graphics people and music supervisors and a lot of people who, who... go into uh, making great traders. Uh, so we'll be hopefully speaking to them and then we'll do maybe we'll do a deep dive into the history of traders because this is an art form that goes back now almost 100 years and then hopefully from our own experience we'll be giving you tips on making your own traders be it for indie films, indie games, uh, recut traders, supercuts, montages, all that stuff that's out on YouTube now. This is the first episode why don't we just talk a little bit about who we are and what our experiences are? Yeah, so uh, I'm British. Well, uh, <laughs> Derek is American, um, but I am working here in Los Angeles. I started uh, trade editing about 12 years ago at a company in London, um, and I started as a tape operator. And 12 years ago, it literally was operating with tapes. Uh, I was, uh, you know, playing playing things out onto VHS and onto DVD and and playing stuff in from DigiBeta into the Avids at the time. But yeah, no, so I started there and then very quickly I realized that I wanted to be cutting or I, I kind of knew that I wanted to be cutting before that anyway. So I, I took any opportunity I had to, to start editing and luckily I got into it and uh, I did that for a few years and then I made the move over here to LA and now I'm at a trader house and I'm working on a lot of theatrical films and a lot of uh, kind of broadcast and streaming, uh, digital for that, traders, TV spots. Uh, I've worked on a lot of uh, a lot of campaigns, uh, probably over 100 campaigns now for every ma- major studio. I've been an editor for... Hmm, Long enough that I need to think about it. Uh, I guess 15 years. I mean, after college, I was an assistant editor at a movie trailer house for about three years. And that's really where I learned uh, most of what I know, I feel like. I learned all about movie trailers. And after that, I had a job at a, a DVD production house where it was less kind of creative editing. But it kind of was a good place for me to practice editing trailers because it was very kind of low stakes stuff all the trailers were just on our dvd menus um 
and it's I, still important. It's still important. Yeah, it's still. I, mean, I guess actually at that point maybe you bought the DVD, so you don't need to. Uh, oh no, it was advertising other things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like buy some of our other DVDs, which have these things. It was anime and Japanese films, so they could have just repackaged their trailers. But if we had time, that we'd make our own. Um, then I worked for this weekly Nintendo news show for a little bit, and then I moved to the West Coast where I got started with some indie video game trailer editing because I have a friend who works at The Behemoth who made Castle Crashers. And so I made their trailer for Battle Block Theater. And then after that, I was in San Diego at the time. Then I moved to Los Angeles where I worked for some trailer houses making trailers for like AAA video games. And I've kind of gradually transitioned into just making trailers for indie games. And now I get to work from home which is pretty nice. That is pretty good. Where, yeah, a lot of people in, in my job uh, working on the kind of theatrical side of it don't really get to work at home because security is a, is a big thing and uh, there are big big kind of intellectual properties and big projects that they don't like to, uh, obviously, to go outside of trailer houses where computers are locked down and everything's kind of passworded and key-coded. So, uh, so it's good. It's good to be able to work from home. So I've basically been out of the, say, trailer industry proper for a while, but I still have friends in there and I still hear stories. So, But maybe this is the trailer industry proper now. This is uh, indie game traders. There's, there's a lot out there. I try and watch every trader pretty much that gets released and uh, I can't keep track of all the game traders every week. There's like 50. Yeah, there's there's a lot. I just started following. There's um, a game trailers YouTube channel. I think multiple times per day, I think they just release a whole bunch of trailers. Suddenly my, my YouTube feed has like five new trailers. But if I'm getting bored, I'll just move to the next one. Um, a thing in games, I think, is a lot of times you can tell that it wasn't made by a trailer editor. Maybe the, the developers made or something like that. So once I sense that, then I was like, okay, I'm moving on. I don't, I don't think this is going to be very interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about why we started this podcast, which actually, why don't you answer that? Because you are the one who approached me. Yeah, I approached Derek because um, I'm a trailer nerd. I most definitely found the right job for me. It's my ideal job. Um, I uh, Talking about earlier how I got into the business, I always knew I wanted to be an editor even before I um, discovered that trailers were a thing. And I thought I would have to make my own films to have something to edit. Uh, and then I and I was always a big fan of uh, film trailers. I, I would always get to the theater in time to to see trailers because that's when I started. That was the only place that you could see uh, trailers. YouTube wasn't even really a thing back then. Um, and I didn't realize that it was a job. Like a lot of people, I always assumed it was done by the director or the producers of the film. And then when I realized that it was nerds in dark rooms, I, I got very excited and realized that that was something I would like to do. Uh, so, like I said, I've always been a trailer nerd. Um, and I find it very important as a trader editor to watch every trader pretty much uh, that gets released every week to know kind of what's out there and what the trends are. And I follow a lot of trader people on Twitter. And uh, that's how I met Derek, uh, because Derek, similarly, I think I can speak for him, is a bit of a trader nerd. And, a little bit. Uh, and Derek has a newsletter where he kind of does this and breaks down traders. So I thought that maybe he would be someone to approach because I thought that there was a great opportunity to do a podcast talking about traders because there are a lot of people on YouTube and people out there who are reviewing traders, but there are not many people who are talking not about the film, but about the art of the trailer itself. Cool. Actually, uh, something I thought of while you're talking is when did you learn that trailer editing was a job? Uh, I literally learned that trailer editing was a job when I was on the cusp of taking a job in a bank 
working the night shift doing their Excel spreadsheets for them and PowerPoint presentations, uh, working on the night shift. Uh, and the week that I was about to do the training for that job, my friend who was a receptionist at the, a London trader house said, hey, they're looking for a tape op. Uh, do you want to come in? My first uh, exposure to trailer editing as a job was I was a TA for this DVD authoring class. And there was a guest speaker that came one day who was a trailer editor at the place that I eventually worked at. But as soon as I heard that it was going to be a trailer editor guest, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was, I was starting to think of all these questions I wanted to ask him. Mostly it was about sound effects because I would like... I was thinking, where do the sound effects come from in trailers? The funny thing was, is that none of the students in the class had any questions for him. But as a TA, I'm like, is it okay for me to ask questions? Because I have a lot. And then I got the internship after that. Yeah, I had the same experience growing up. Just we always showed up to the movies early so then that we wouldn't miss the trailers, which at the time, I mean, I don't know how long it was before I actually learned the word trailer as, as a word. Um, just like, oh, we're going to miss the previews if we don't show up early. I found it, I think probably when I was about 15, uh, Empire Magazine, which is a well-known uh, film magazine, released a VHS with an issue. And it had every single trailer for every single film that was coming out that summer on oh, it. Wow. And it was probably about an hour and a half of content. And this oh, is, wow. yeah, so these aren't just the, the three trailers that you that you worked on that you saw before right. before a DVD or something. This was literally an hour and a half of, uh, of trailers. And I watched that, I think, over and over. <laughs> the only trailer that I can remember now is, I think there was uh, Johnny Depp, The Nick of Time. Oh, wow. I Johnny never saw Depp, that, but I, I know of the time. film. Yeah. I don't know if it was a good trailer or not, but uh, <laughs> but I definitely but that would date the that would date the year <laughs> right. that it they, that it came in. So it was definitely something that I was was kind of obsessed with from a young age. For me, in high school, when I uh, finally got internet access, I remember looking up into Alta Vista, just looking up QuickTime movies. Was, it was such a novelty to watch any video at all on my computer, and as soon as I realized that I could be looking up trailers. Then I just started looking through them everywhere. And there was no central place to go to. Like Apple didn't have trailers yet. I remember the first time that I went to get a trailer on YouTube specifically was actually I was at work and the, tra- the first trailer for Casino Royale had just come out and we wanted to kind of watch it and talk about it. And then I, I found it on YouTube and my boss was amazed. Said, <laughs> you well, can just, you just, just pull it up. <laughs> you can just pull it up. And uh, it took only took about half an hour to buffer <laughs> uh, and then played very, very slowly. But, um, but that was probably the explosion. I remember watching a lot of trailers in very, very low frame rates in very low resolutions, probably you know, like 160 pixels wide or something, maybe 10 frames a second. But I remember distinctly when the Star Wars Episode One trailer came out, which that was, I forget which version of QuickTime that was. It's like QuickTime 6 or 7 probably. And this, the quality was amazing, even though it was maybe three, maybe I think 320 by 240 might have been the high resolution version at the time. Yeah, but that's the trailer that everyone went actually went to the theaters to go and uh, to go and see, and then left after. It was on Meet Joe Black. Yeah, and then everyone left. I don't know how long I waited for that to download, and then I just kept watching it over and over and over again. And I still keep um, an offline collection of trailers on my hard drive. So the first ones in that folder are from like the year two thousand, and you can see the the date created as two thousand. And the film completely lived up to your expectations. Oh, so, absolutely, hundred I mean, uh, percent. Didn't have to. to didn't have to try to convince myself I enjoyed it at all. Someone had a good experience watching watching yes. the trailer. For I, I I did see it four times in theaters. I think I was hoping that I would like it more, but it was still just the novelty of having a new Star Wars film. Anyway, that's tangential. <laughs> it is. 
and it is funny it's a it's a funny world that even getting into it as a tape op i would discuss it took me about kind of six months to realize that oh wow okay we're choosing the music here and okay <laughs> we're putting our sound effects and i remember looking at a trailer that someone had done and being in awe that they'd kind of upcut something or that they were using a line out of context like for us now it's kind of a day-to-day thing but you know the the cheats and tricks that we do sometimes to to kind of best represent the film in a shorter time as possible is uh, isn't that obvious and that's hopefully something we can we can talk about as we go through this podcast actually related to that i just realized i think a lot of people probably don't know what a cut down is the the name of our podcast um so the a cut down is basically when you have a full trailer and it needs to be cut down into many different versions for usually TV or just any other thing. So you have a two and a half minute trailer, then suddenly it needs to be 90 second version, 60 second, 30 seconds, and then maybe f- international markets could be 20, uh, I think. 10, 10, five seconds. And five. And then you have something that you had 40 hours of, uh, of dailies from, and then you've condensed it down to five seconds, which right. I have done. And I have cut a, a five second TV spot. Yeah, in the past, I've seen some of those, and yeah, they're over quick, especially if you need the titles and everything. You can basically just read the title, <laughs> yeah, and some shots and a bit of montage. We we haven't talked about why we like trailers. Have you given much thought about just what is it that keeps you coming back? What is it about them? The thing that I love about trailers and why it's my ideal job is that I like the process of editing, and the problem with not the problem with editing, but the, the thing about editing is oftentimes editing is about removing yourself from the process. So an invisible edit, a match cut on some movement to, to kind of remove it from the process. And maybe it's being a bit, um, maybe it's the, the showman in me, but I like the fact that trailers are a very showy form of, of editing. You, you know, you make very conscious decisions that oftentimes don't disappear into the background. And so for me, you know, taking something that's, like I say, 40 hours of rushes and, and turning it into a two and a half minute trader. Um, there's a lot of decisions that go in there. And I really like the ability of traders of really focusing on the detail. Oftentimes people ask me, do you want to cut feature films? And I always say that if I did cut a feature film, I would cut it to two and a half minutes <laughs> because I would cut all the air out of it and I couldn't leave such big pauses. And I'm just so used to um, just making every moment count, especially nowadays, uh, is something we'll, we'll talk about as we go forward. But, you know, people's attention spans are getting shorter and, uh, you know, the era of holding off your big reveal for 20, 30 seconds is, is kind of gone. You know, you've got to get everything out in there in the first few seconds. So um, how about for you? What is it about traders that, um, that uh, keeps you doing it? Um, I think it's a lot of the same reasons. They're just, trailers are just a lot of fun to watch. They're just... It's just this distilled version of the story that's it's this kind of amped up heightened reality. Like what other form of editing does a traffic light turning on have a whoosh and a hit <laughs> coming on it? It's like it's an absolutely absurd sort of thing, but it just totally works in this one context. If you made a film like that, it would be kind of weird. Or the only other thing comparable maybe is... Um, some reality TV. Like I had a friend who got me on Hell's Kitchen for a while. I said, Derek, this is like a TV episode. Just, the whole thing's a trailer. I'm like, uh, okay. And I watched it and he was pretty much totally right because everything on that show has a sound effect. There's bits of, uh, of MasterChef where they've got a music track and they cut out for a knife chop. <laughs> there is a frustrated trailer editor there cutting <laughs> MasterChef. Yeah, it's just, just seeing things in sync 
just everything in, in a trailer is usually in sync. It's just something just so satisfying to watch. Like I was just watching um, one of the, the trailers that you put on the, we're going to talk about some favorite trailers later, but I was just watching it and just certain things like uh, someone just clapping their hands or just the simplest, anytime that anything kind of vaguely active happens on screen, the trailer editor usually finds a sound effect to cut to it. And it's just fun to watch. This is when you get when people spend far too much time doing something that every single second has been thought about and gone right. over and gone through 20 versions. So uh, Yeah, um, if you've ever seen a timeline for, I mean, feature film timelines are really, really enormous, but you look at a, like a trailer timeline and there's so many tracks of audio, just so many sound effects and wishes and rises and just things that you don't really notice unless you pay really close attention or you just experienced. And if you took them out, it would just totally change how the trailer feels. So with all of that, why do you think that people look at trailers and don't think about the work that went into it and, and look through to the, to the film? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that before. I don't know. I feel like it's also because trailers don't have credits. There's never on any of the YouTube channels, unless it's the Trailer House's YouTube channel, do they have the name of the producer or the writer or the editor or motion graphics person. You have to pretty much just follow trailer award shows. Yeah, it's ironic given that we're, uh, we're talking about it on a podcast, but actually it is a very kind of behind the scenes yeah. industry and that is kind of about the thing that as much as we say it's about being kind of showy and, and doing what you can it is about kind of removing yourself with the process I think the most important thing for me when I do a trailer is leading with the film mm-hmm. uh, and as much as kind of personal taste comes into it and you might be able to impose something on it if it needs it you know kind of musically I always try and start start with the film and tonally like definitely try and ref- reflect what the filmmakers are, are intending because ultimately that's what people are going in for yeah and then also a common thing you hear when trailer editing comes up and you're talking to people who just don't know about it at all is a lot of times people assume that the people making the feature films like the editor of you know the the avengers or something like that like oh the editor of the film made the trailer right like no it's it's lots and lots of other people yeah, there are a few times that, uh, that I've heard that happen. I, th- I believe that David Fincher cut the uh, the trailer for the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, sure. He definitely he didn't do the one for the social network, which was done by um, a, a trailer house called Mark Willen here in LA. But yeah, the problem there is that the filmmakers, and understandably, are so close to the material that they aren't able to kind of cut it down. Everything for them is important, and everything there is is doing an important story beat. So it's only when someone who who kind of does this for a living. Uh, and can look at it objectively enough and kind of from a distance and say, actually, you know, you can shortcut this, you know, and actually that line that comes 30 minutes later down the timeline is the perfect setup for that scene. I've heard trailer editors referred to as kind of trailer butchers before. <laughs> but um, Accurate. Uh, that's understood. I definitely think it's, um, you know, we try and work with the filmmakers as, as much as possible and obviously every... Every filmmaker kind of has a say on on whether they're happy with the trailer and, and making sure that it is reflecting the film as best as possible. Yeah. The thing is, is that if don't want to get too much into this, but basically when you're a trailer editor, you look at a film or a game, something with dialogue, and you don't look at the bits of dialogue all the time as just existing only within that scene. You just break it down practically word for word 
into uh, like a dialogue breakdown. And then all of a sudden, all these are options. They, time just, the chronological order just goes out the window. And it's just all about making this story just for this one piece. And since you're not tied to it at all, it doesn't matter to you that this scene from like the very end of the film actually works great for the very beginning of the trailer or something like that. Uh, along those lines, kind of to, uh, talking about breakdowns, there's a thing that, um, that I learned actually from um, an interview that Mark Woolen did. Uh, when he talked about watching the film Mute and um, prior to that I'd kind of always tried to break down shots and, and dialogue at the same time and actually now you know watching the film Mute or just with the sound effects track on because obviously we get features and, and uh, TV projects split without the dialogue there you actually discover that there's a lot of shots there that you might not have considered before someone doing a head turn or a kind of you know a look a reaction shot that someone gets while someone else is talking um, you know, we really have to kind of, like you say, remove ourselves from the film and start looking at it in terms of what's going to tell the story in the most economical way. Yeah. And you used a term that not everyone might know is what, what does split mean? Yes. Split means basically just the, the kind of isolated audio track. So isolated, clean dialogue without any of the effects, which is a, another kind of split track. Uh, and then the music isolated as well. Um, so we'll get those because often if we're cutting in a bit of dialogue and you have a stereo feature, as is every feature is kind of mixed down in the final mix, you can't work with the final mix because there'll be a bit of, there'll be a big effect over it or there'll be a big kind of swell of music over it. And actually, you know, we need it as clean as possible because of course we're using bits of dialogue over our own kind of, kind of music and it will sound terrible if you're running two music tracks at the same time. Right. Why don't we move on and talk a little bit just about maybe a couple of our favorite trailers? What are the trailers that trailer editors like? Yeah, well, this is a difficult question. I, I feel like <laughs> we could do an entire episode about this because sure. obviously, like, as we said, we're, we're kind of massive trailer nerds and we appreciate it. Not, you know, not just a great trailer for a, a great movie. There are, there are great trailers for terrible movies and there are terrible trailers for, for great movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I particularly like and enjoy and try to emulate in the work that I do is meta trailers hmm. and it's kind of what I was talking about earlier it's about a way of kind of injecting yourself into the project um, by doing something kind of clever with it or being kind of less beholden to the source material um, so actually a trailer I'm not, I don't know how many people would hold it up as an example of uh, high art but the trailers for B-Movie uh, which was a Jerry Seinfeld animated film about when he's a bee the trailers for B-Movie were great because it had Jerry Seinfeld in Steven Spielberg is walking around and they're on this uh, in a big uh, in a big bee costume Steven Spielberg's walking around the set is this oh, the one you watched? I, no I didn't see it though I'd have to look it up no you have to see it this is why I'm talking about it it's, it's kind of meta trailers like that um, there's also uh, the trailer for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is great oh yeah and, yeah that's uh, really good talks about it's a a great device where they talk about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxies, which is a, a massive kind of encyclopedia, uh, their entry on on trailers. And then they talk about trailers as a way of kind of advertising the film. And it's the perfect little encapsulation of the quirky humor of the, the film. And why not talk about trailers? And the same thing with B-Movie is you've got Jerry Seinfeld wearing a big B costume, hooked up on a massive car windshield. Uh, and then what I love about it is it kind of deflates and it goes terribly wrong and he gets covered in water or he, he can't. Um, there's another, there's a few of them. There's one where he tries to get pollen from a big plant on a windowsill and he can't do it. And then he fails. Okay. And then they, uh, and then they say, all right, we'll do it as an animation. I'll have to look those up. It's funny that Seinfeld has relation to 
uh, multiple meta trailers because he also um, the film the documentary Comedian is a famous trailer because it has uh, Hal Douglas since passed away a trailer editor trailer narrator rather and he's from like 80s and 90s doing the inner world thing so look up the if you haven't seen it already look up the comedian trailer yeah it's great and actually increasingly we're getting back to it and in a way that kind of ties into the great the great tradition of hitchcock you know taking you on a tour around the the psycho set i don't know what other meta trailers did uh, hitchcock you know like kind of special shoot trailers he had one um for the birds where he's just eating like uh some sort of game hen or something like that while talking about how wonderful birds are or something basically the trailer for the birds it could be what makes the birds angry like if the birds could understand what they were seeing and they saw hitchcock doing this thing and then suddenly they would get pissed off that's what i took from it yeah so basically i like a trailer that talks about the craft of trailer but maybe that's just me being an unappreciated trailer editor (laughs) sure and how about you uh let me just talk about one of my favorite trailers um it's actually edited by a friend of mine. It's for the film The Caveman's Valentine, which I don't think a lot of people saw. It's a film with Samuel Jackson where he plays a man who went to Juilliard, but now he lives in a cave in Central Park and has very long dreads and may or may not have some sort of mental illness issues. But the the trailer doesn't actually tell that much about the story. But if you watch it, the music and the editing are just really, really good. And they're fun to watch. And it kind of makes a whole lot out of not that much, which is kind of the whole essence of trailer editing. It has really good music. And when I look at it, I can see that this took a lot of effort on the trailer editor's part just to craft this kind of self-contained thing that if you watch the film you're not going to see something like this at all, even though it's made of scenes from the film. It's just, it's very much its own piece. And um, I think that's why I really like it. Yeah, there are definitely trailers out there. And it's the the thing that we all aspire to that kind of stand out there as art. Um, specifically, uh, I love the trailer for Little Children, which I think is, has kind of gone down in, um, in history as an all-time great trailer. And it's just set to the sound of uh, a, a kind of train coming through a railroad crossing and uh, all the time you've got this kind of slow build drama going and it's going and it's getting more intense and, and it goes faster and faster and it's just in a way it's what we were talking about earlier it's kind of perfect tonally to the film and yet it also exists as its own little kind of piece of art that people can go back to and say you know this was really doing something exceptional yeah and then since i realize i haven't talked about any games yet let me just talk about one game trailer that i really like um it's the one that i usually tell people about whenever they say oh what's your favorite game trailer it's if you look up the assassin's creed brotherhood multiplayer trailer it's it's more like a short film because it's very highly crafted because you can tell that all the camera angles are not from actually playing the game they're just custom made just for this trailer and they have this really good music track and the music and the actions on screen just synchronize really really well and tells a little story and it also it really shows you what that multiplayer mode is all about but it doesn't do it in a way which requires uh like showing the ui or actually thinking that you're watching a person who is playing it it just really gets it really sets a tone of playing that mode and it's uh really good you should watch it <laughs> and this is one of the things we're going to talk about because um, obviously Derek edits a lot of uh, game trailers and I, I work mainly in movies so we're going to talk about the whole kind of broad 
spectrum of things and, and you know, gameplay trailers that, um, that have a lot of kind of game capture and how hard it is to do game capture for those things and, and how you have to kind of make things look cinematic but not get too far away from kind of the experience of playing the games and, and how best to kind of represent a game that, you know, ultimately is a kind of interactive experience and what do you do? Do you focus on the story? Do you focus on the gameplay? Do you focus on the kind of unique things that are kind of making this a game that you would want to play instead of other stuff? So it's kind of, you know, there are unique challenges in game trailers that um, that you don't get in film trailers. Uh, and the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood trailer, multiplayer trailer is a really great example of that. We have a lot of stuff uh, coming up to talk about and uh, we're really excited to... Um, to start this and and to have you guys listening and uh feel free to to send us feedback as we get started we're going to do an episode soon about spoilers and the number one question that we get asked as trader editors which is why do you keep showing all of the film why have you put in all the best jokes into your comedy trailer um so we're gonna uh, we're gonna aim to answer that question in an upcoming episode thanks for listening to the cutdown we have a website we're very excited at cutdowncast.com you can also follow the podcast at at cutdowncast you can also find me on twitter at rick thomas uh, rick no k and you can find derek on twitter as well and i'm at at derek underscore lou that's d-e-r-e-k underscore l-i-e-u and also i want to say thank you to jake rodkin for reaching out to me to host our podcast on the idle thumbs podcast network it's actually a podcast that i've been listening to for several years they have lots of different podcasts at this point mostly about games um, and also one of my favorites is there's one not about games. It's called Something True, which is they call it Stories from the Footnotes of History, which it's just one of the funniest podcasts I've ever listened to, if not the funniest. Basically, there are these little stories surrounding a lot of times historical figures you've heard of, but they're a story of someone, you know, maybe they were neighbors with or something like that. And but their story is still recorded somewhere and they're just kind of retold and narrated in this podcast and you should especially listen to the one there's one that's kind of tangentially related to aaron burr it's one of my favorites uh thanks again to jake and idle thumbs it's just a great honor to be amongst all these other great podcasts and if you like the show please review us on itunes and share it with your friends we're still new so uh word of mouth is a really big deal so if you enjoy this then please share it. We'll appreciate it very much. That's just the best way for us to get new listeners. The other thing I think we didn't mention before is that each episode we're planning on, we're going to have, probably going to talk about trailers, just maybe news, and then also just tackle some sort of topic. Like we said, so next one, we're going to talk about spoilers. You know, maybe one time we'll talk about like the Inception sound or something like that. You know, we'll feel it out from here. Also, we want to give a special thank you to our friends at Twisted Jukebox for our intro music. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Thanks. Bye.